Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode 39, another home team event. Let's roll. I mentioned it last week. We are in the dead zone. It is the dead zone. You know, it's it's funny how it is. You know, we we get so excited for the NFL season. We go through the NFL season. The, you know, the calendar turns the year over. Playoff football happens. We get into even January, February, Super Bowl. And, and then it's just draft season. It's draft season for months. And this this season, this draft season felt like uh, years because no combine and just felt a little bit irregular. We're all so hungry for that draft. The draft happens, rookie drafts go off, and here we are. Here we are, just sort of waiting for the next thing to happen. And you know what? Not much is going to happen. We're not going to get to see too much. Although on June 1st, wait, I can't say. I don't want to say it, but Julio is going to get traded just after June Drink, 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 drink. Oh, boy, we're playing the Julio drinking game today. The boys were... We're, we're, we're brought up. Uh, they, they know what's going on. We're playing the Julio drinking game. But, um, but other, than, other than that, we, we've got not much to do. But what we do know is that when you are in this time of year, for me right now, it's all about best ball. I love playing best ball. You know, you can invest a little bit of money or a lot of money. You know, the way I do it every year is I start with a little and then I, I progressively get a little bit more. Once I start to feel like I know what I'm doing. Last year was my first real year with any – sort of real investment. And I basically broke even. I was up about, uh, I think, 5% uh, on investment, which is not very much. Uh, you know, $100 in, make five bucks type of thing. So not exactly a, a great year, but I didn't lose and I learned a lot. Well, this year, you know, I'd like to I'd like to win and I'm sure many of you guys would like to win. So we'll talk a little bit about best ball. And, and, and part of the reason I like to bring up best ball is because you know, what you do with player values going into the 2021 season has a lot to do with the way you look at dynasty teams and what you're going to do with your dynasty team. Because if you don't see the writing on the wall about a player either, you know, fading or getting phased out or having a big year, you might miss an opportunity in dynasty. So hell of a time to start identifying what you think about uh, this, this 2021 season and make some moves in your dynasty league that associate with what you think is going to happen. And uh, no better, no better guess to bring on than my two undroppables brethren. I'm going to start with the CEO, the pre- El Presidente, 101 Chalk, my man, Chalk, what is going on? Welcome back to the show, brother. Yo, Jax, thanks for having me back, man. Um, I made it out of the belly of the dragon. Um, I got my audio on, on a... On, on a Another level now, and I'm excited (laughs) to be back and hang out with the guys. And BZ, yo, what's up, man? Good to see you too. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, absolutely, man. Got the got the chef in the house, Jake B. Song. You all ought to know him. I know everybody on Twitter just loves BZ. He's the greatest. We've got now the. You can find him at (laughs) at the BZ BFF. And now, if you uh, search that in in the GIF Master. Uh, he is the meme of all memes. Jesus. Jake Bison, Beasy, what's up? 
What is up? You know, dude, that gif is wild. I, I can't even believe it took off the way it did, but it did. You know what? So it's like I told Tommy, I'm like, if there's any video going on tonight, man, like just keep going because I'll drop a few mugs for you so you can pop up another one maybe. Absolutely. It's so good because you just give it the like, oh, no shit nod. It's such a great <laughs> little gif. I think, um, we were talk- I think we were talking about cocaine at that point, dude. So that was my life. <laughs> <like, yeah. laughs> oh shit yeah i don't look this, you know we didn't do any cocaine tonight we it's or any night this is a non-cocaine show i'm i'm, I'm only teasing of course i do cocaine every show yeah all right so let's talk about you know what we're really what we're really here to talk about look we are gonna have a julio drinking game we know julio's coming up i've i've i've, I've already taken like three or four shots because i've mentioned his name like five times so i am in deep but um you know Anybody who mentions Julio in this pod has to drink. So that that's the rule. But when we talk about best ball, I know you guys play a little bit of best ball. We've started to get a little bit more into it as, as the undroppables. We certainly have had a lot of conversations behind the scenes about becoming better best ball players, which is really just draft master redraft, right? Um, draft and draft it and forget it. Uh, generally speaking, you know, I'll play a little bit of best ball for dummies here. And then y'all can jump in, uh, you know, after I've kind of given my my soliloquy. Best ball, 18 players. You draft them all up and, the you know, the computer will start your best lineup on a weekly basis. No waiver wire, no lineup setting. You draft it and forget it and you see what the hell happens with that team. So it's important. It's a one quarterback setup, but it's important to have multiple quarterbacks because if one of them gets hurt, you're in trouble. Um, you know, with 18 players, you tend to go two quarterbacks, five running backs, six wide receivers, two tight ends. That's not all of them yet. That basically gets you pretty close. And sometimes you either, depending on your roster construction, I like to sometimes have three tight ends. I like to sometimes have three quarterbacks. And I like to sometimes have up to nine uh, wide receivers if I if I hammered uh, running back early. So, you know, once you kind of have the, that, that's, you got to have that on everyone. You can't roll with one quarterback. You can't roll with one tight end. You can't roll with four, uh, running backs. And you can't really roll with four or five wide receivers. That all those options are basically off the table. And then last but not least, when you're building a best ball lineup, you want to have some correlation. You know, if, if DK Metcalf's going to have a big year, well, why not have Russell Wilson? Or if Russell Wilson's going to have a big year, why not have Tyler Lockett and Gerald Everett or something like that? You want to have some correlation so that if your lineup does hit, it hits big for you and you win money. Boys, what do you think? Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head, right? I mean, the first thing that really stood out to me, or not the first thing, but one of the biggest things that stood out to me when you were just saying all that was um, the stacks, right? I mean, if, if you think, you know, Justin Herbert is going to have a big year. You're going to want to make sure you got, you know, Keenan and probably Austin Eckler, right? Because Eckler is getting a lot of the passing work. Um, so you definitely want to get some stacks. Um, you know, I made this, the rookie mistake of, um, you know, not getting two tight ends in one of my best ball drafts. I was just pounding away, right? Running backs early, right? Get all the running backs that you can. Then you're banging all the receivers, right? Kind of as the middle rounds go on. And then, you know, you, you definitely want to pick up a couple quarterbacks, and, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to get some tight ends, right? So um, I had like two tight ends, you know, that I wanted to pick up at the end. I wasn't paying attention to like what round we're in. And, you know, next thing you know, I pick a tight end thinking I have one more pick and the draft ends. I'm like, 
well, shit, <laughs> one tight end. Oh, um, damn. Yeah, so that's that's definitely a loser, a loser roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think for me, it's you go heavy on the running backs early, right? Because I mean, those those go fast, and you know, as we know with this extended season, um, you know, running backs have always been kind of a fragile position in general with the injuries and the usage. Um, you don't want to get you know left holding the bag with you know three or four and maybe even only five running backs. Um, so I, I like what you said there, Scott. Yeah, I mean you can only spend so much. You know you can only put so much uh, draft capital into one bucket. And yeah, if you kind of overlook, that's kind of the thing with you know you're you're probably looking at a redraft mind where you're like I can fade tight end because I'll just waiver wire him. I'll just do this. I'll trade for him. I don't need you know that's your that's where the brain has to change for best ball and the drafting strategy has to say, okay, I'm, I need to have tight end production at some point during the season. I can't just fade it and, and, and get on the waiver wire and make a little trade for, you know, a player. I can't do it. So I have to have enough tight end production in my drafted lineup to be a winning team. And so that's really where the, the, the difference between redraft and best ball or dynasty and best ball. Yep. And like, uh, you know, I'm very similar on both of those approaches. It's, it's just, it's, it's like I said, you want, when you go into these drafts, man, it's, it's, it's running back, running back, wide receiver, you know, fade that quarterback until later. And when, when you're making your picks, it's like, I'm looking at, at, at especially in those later rounds, um, I want handcuff that is going to be put in the best opportunity to succeed. If the starter goes down, like grabbing a guy, like, uh, I don't even know who the hell. Like you could go down here. Well, you Tony could say, Pollard would be or, one. T- there you go. Tony right. Pollard is your best example. You know, even Zach Daryl Moss, right? Zach Darryl Moss, Henderson. you're not drafting. You know what I mean? Zach Moss, you're put you see, but like those guys are like you know, if they get an opportunity to start, they're going to produce some big numbers, and right. that's usually because they're in good offense and good coaches. That's what you want to look at for best ball. You just want to be able to get the 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 you know. The most scoring pot, you, you want to hit those high-powered offenses and get all those pieces you can get yeah. and go from yeah, there. And, and you don't want to handcuff your own players because you're betting against yourself. Exactly. You know, if you have Zeke, you don't want Pollard because Pollard is only good if Zeke sucks. And if Zeke sucks, your team sucks. So why – you know, you want someone else's, uh, you know, handcuff because if if you have Dalvin Cook and Pollard and, and Zeke gets hurt – fucking holy shit you just won you know that you're gonna win it all i mean that's just great so yeah you want to sort of bet against your you don't want to bet against yourself in those in those moments um and and you know i've been looking at some of the cheaper stacks you know like you know Jameis is so available and you can stack Jameis, troutman and traquan yeah. smith like literally at the end of your draft now the only problem with with Jameis is that you kind of have to take him as your third quarterback because unless maybe if you go like a really solid top end like a Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and then come back with Jameis. I just get a little uncomfortable with Jameis because he might not even play. Like it's possible he's not the starter, not based off injury, but sure. just because they decide he's not. So it's possible. Um yep. but those are the types I like to look for late is where you can stack late and just kind of get like Troutman's the starting tight end and uh Traquan is presumably the starting number two wide receiver. Yeah. And I just spent you know, the last three picks of the draft basically on those three players. And they can just boom for you any week. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was a good point you made, right? With Traquan, right? He's a he's a big splash play kind of guy. Yes. Um yeah, he might not be consistent every week putting up fifteen points, but that's not best ball, right? Best ball you're looking for 
who's a guy who at any given game could put up two, three touchdowns, you know, 150 yards off a couple bombs from someone like Jameis. So, yeah, I mean, that's, right, you know, right on the head, right on the money there. Um, you know, like even like a Will Fuller, right? I mean, yes. he's a big, big play guy. I mean, he might miss a bunch of games, but he shows up for half the season and puts up eight really good weeks for you. Then he's going to solidify that best ball team, right? As long as you insulated him with, you know, some really, you know, really good studs like, um, you know, a Ridley or, you know, a DK, um, you know, guys like that. The Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks, I was going to go that route, dude. That's my dude in best ball. I've loved Cooks for best ball all yeah. day in those mid-rounds, dude. Just grab him. Let him let him do his thing from, you know, whatever week he goes off, you're sitting pretty. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Brandon Cooks has been the <laughs> forgotten man right now. I mean, he's been good every year, and now he's on the atrocious Houston Texans. Like, good even Lord. if Deshaun plays, they're going to be so bad. And if he doesn't, how bad – I mean, sequitur here, boys. How bad can this Houston team be? Like, can they go 0-17 without Deshaun? Easily. 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 (laughs) It's possible. It's in play. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is probably going to be the starter. He's their best uh, chance. And, you know, and then they they drafted Davis Mills, who I'm a fan of. You know, I'm not going to lie. I like the kid's opportunity. We'll take a shot on him. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be this superstar. No. I'm just saying. Okay. No, he's a good player in a bad situation. Absolutely. And he's going to, he's probably going to get an opportunity. So see what happens. You never know. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's not looking good, man. And I have cooks in so many spots. And I'm just like, scenario, come on, baby. Like, you know, <laughs> trade, tra- tra- like, come on, make a trade for Gardner Minshew right now, man. Like, oh. just give, get something. And that gives you some sort of like, ugh, just, does, does Gardner Minshew play tackle or cornerback? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. How can a franchise get so bad? Did so I heard this. I was listening to I think it was Evan Silva and uh, you know, Hail to the King. Uh and and he was saying how they're so bad, you know, and everything. And they're also the oldest roster in the NFL on top of all of that. They're the oldest roster. How is that fucking possible? <laughs> like, like they're just mismanaged so ineptly that they're the worst roster by far and the oldest. With no draft that's, capital, it's just that's unbelievable how bad they are. That's like selling your soul in a dynasty league for a championship, and then just fucking giving or getting rid of like three years worth of picks. And that's right, yeah. You turn around with your dynasty team, you're like, let's see, AJ Green, Antonio Brown, like, oh fuck, yeah. This this is looking David fantastic. Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. It's 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 the worst feeling in the world and <laughs> nobody God, wants yeah, your yeah. players. Nobody wants them. Dude. They're also they're just making you sweat your ass off and you're like fuckers. Just going to die on your roster. That's exactly yeah, right. You're just picking up those fourth rounders hoping that they fucking hit and you know, here you go and come on, anything. Well, you know, we we are so nice to one another. I'm nice to BZ, Chalk so nice to me and all the rest of it. So let's find the way that we start getting a little little antagonistic and i think that's going to come down to running backs where i mm. think some of us have some difference of opinions with these running backs for 2021 mm. so yeah yeah mm. yeah um i you know i uh, i mentioned last week let's start right here where bz can just come after me bz you ready you all fired up 
Dude, I'm getting hard just thinking about it. All so right. let's go. All right. He means his muscles, just so you guys know. The biceps is I'm, what I'm he's flexing. Doing. Yeah. I'm flexing. flexing people. Come on. They can't the- see. It's a podcast audio only. Jesus um, Christ. I know. Mine's in the gutter. Listen, I have some issues, and 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 I this is a player I love. I love DeAndre Swift. Love him. I did some projections on that team, and uh turns out by my calculations, that offense might suck balls. That's what I came up with when I started to run some of the numbers. On top of that, um, Anthony Lynn was talking about how Jamal Williams is their A back and DeAndre Swift is their B back. I try not to listen to too much coach speak, but it's hard to break out the noise when they're talking about biting kneecaps over there and whatnot. And I, I have a little bit of an issue with what they might actually look like as an offense. Now, the one saving grace that I love there is that offensive line. The offensive line is going to be absolutely dope. And so I do believe in offensive lines, but their weapons are definitely below average past Hawkinson and Swift. And their quarterback is, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, but Jared Goff, um, not not familiar with his work. I, I've heard it's not good. Um, so bad receivers, bad defense, um, bad quarterback, and a in competition at running back, I just don't know if he's got the ceiling. Um, he's definitely got the floor because I think he's going to see targets, but I'm fading him a little tiny bit. Am I making a mistake here, BZ? I know what you're going to tell me. You know, so here's the thing with Swift, and this is the thing with all these young running backs that we you know we're probably going to end up talking about quite a few of them is, you know, the opportunity is going to be there. Now, okay, uh, they come out and they say Jamal Williams is the 1A. Uh, you know what? Blow me, dude. It's it's complete. It's complete horseshit. Thank you. Okay. I and, 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 and <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest here. You know, yeah, okay, like we're it. going big. So, but you know, the, the biggest thing here is, is okay. You know, they brought in a veteran running back, and the coaches right now are giving him that respect. They're saying, "Yes, you're the one. A, you're gonna be. You know, you're one of our guys. We want build your confidence up." All right, Jamal Williams has been with the Green Bay Packers for his his career so far. All right, he's played next to one of the best quarterbacks in the game in Aaron Rodgers. He had his trust, absolutely. But he also played in a, in a, a fantastic offense. We don't know how he's going to look in an offense that might not be as productive. Yes, they've got a great offensive line. Decker, Ragnew, Sewell. Oh, yes. It's, it's mouth-watering. Now, Swift is going to walk in. You know, this kid showed so many flashes last year. He is a three-down back. He is electric when he gets the ball in his, in his hands. Get him in space. Watch the fuck out. I know this offense is going to struggle a little bit. You know, we yep. can't – we got Jerry Goff. This guy isn't going to – you know, he's not going to spread it out. He's going to dink and dunk his way down the field. That's what he does. I think he was something like 33rd in – uh, and balls thrown over 20 yards in yeah. 2012. Like, it's yeah, his eight out was like six. Yeah. It's <laughs> terrible. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so this, this is Swift is going to become his, one of his best friends. Sure. You know, and you're going to, I think you're going to see Swift get a lot of targets out of that backfield. I think they're going to scheme him into things, screens, hell, maybe move into the slot. He's got that talent to do that. Yes, he does. You know, I, truly feel like even though they might not be the best offense in the world i still think the cream was going to rise to the top in this thing and at the end of the day swift is going to give them the best opportunity to win in every single game jamal williams isn't that's fair enough yep and you know that's fair enough chalk what do you what do you think about this i mean break the tie at least a little bit or, or tell us something we don't know like normal 
apologize yeah, I mean, for yeah, so I, you know, I mean, I like Swift too, right? In Dynasty, I think he's, you know, one of the most talented young running backs out there, right? Offensive line in Detroit, great. Um, but, I mean, the fact that they signed Jamal Williams right after they've pretty much rode Adrian Peterson to the ground last year, right? And then now they're bringing in Jamal Williams who, yeah, that's fair. He was in a good offense, right? Historically great, uh, you know, quarterback. Um, you know, the Green Bay just in general. Their offensive line wasn't great though, right, in Green Bay. Um, it wasn't like top top tier um, necessarily. And what my concern with Swift is, especially in 2021, is I don't see that the Lions want to ride this guy like a like a true bell cow, right? Like a three down back. And they brought in Jamal Williams. They drafted Jamar Jefferson. I mean, Jamar Jefferson, you know, he was drafted late. But the fact that the fact remains that the Lions, their moves that they've been making show that. They don't necessarily trust Swift as the only guy. I mean, the coach speak, the draft, the free agency moves, right? You combine all that, and it just doesn't look like Swift is going to get that huge opportunity share that we're hoping he gets, right? I mean, if he gets it, of course, he's going to blow up. And then we're looking at, you know, in uh, best ball, I think, you know, Jax was mentioning this just the other day. Um, I think, well, he was in the late second round or something in in best ball. He's like, you know... um, being drafted fairly high and based off his ADP, based off the situation, the offense, they're going to be playing from behind. So, I mean, I guess you'll get some three down looks, the third down looks. I just don't see it for him being reaching RB one numbers this year. Um, and, and for that reason, I just, I'm kind of being hesitant on, on overdrafting him in best ball or redraft dynasty. Obviously you want him on your team and you're going to have to just kind of ride it out a little bit, but the Lions, they haven't shown me that they're going to ride this guy to the ground, right? And and, and that's where my concern comes in, um, especially with someone like Jamal Williams, who's, yeah, he's probably a little bit above replacement level, but he isn't bad, right? And and he did enough to make Aaron Aaron Jones managers, you know, rip out their hair every other week. So um, I have a bad feeling that we're going to see a little bit more of that uh, with Jamal Williams taking away. Um, that ceiling off of Swift that that we would love to see, you know. And I'm I'm going to throw the, like all great points, you know. But there there's not a lot of workhorse running backs per se that are going to get the 20 plus touches plus eight targets out of the backfield. You're not going to see that very often anywhere. And the thing with Swift is it's going to be efficiency. It's going to be very much like a, like a, kind of like a Kamara. Like he may see you know 10 carries a game and he might see eight targets a game, but what he does with those opportunities is what's going to set him apart from being that, you know, running back two or that running back one. And yes, he might not have the opportunities on the goal line per se, as much as some of the other guys, you know, like a Derrick Henry would, but I do believe he can be efficient enough, even in let's not say a true workhouse role where he can return, you know, at least RB one to high end RB two numbers in 21, due to his volume in the passing game, which I think he's going to see a lot of. And at the end of the day, you're drafting a kid that's 22 years old, that's on a team that's rebuilding the offensive line. They didn't do much with the quarterback or wide receivers, but that could change next year. Situations are always going to change. He seems to be a centerpiece for what they want to do. Get him. Dynasty, absolutely. And, you know, and – you know, I just think he's going to have a great year. I, I I get what everybody's saying too, and I trust me, I'm not dumb to it. But um, I still think he is going to have a, a big year this year. 
And if I could say one more thing, I know we talked about the offensive line, and, and that line's offensive line is going to have to do really well. I mean, we're, we're projecting them to do well. I don't have Brad's um, <laughs> offensive line rankings up, but, you know, we're projecting them, hoping that they're going to do well because, I mean, I was looking at, you know, David Zacks. He posted a, a yards created graphic earlier today on Twitter, and, um, yeah, I was surprised to see, right? I mean, I, and it's funny that you brought up Alvin Kamara, right? Because guys like Alvin Kamara, uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, you know, even Antonio Gibson, those types, um, they need to rely on a really good offensive line and, and schemes uh, because they're not great at creating their own yards, right? Stack, if he sees a stack box, he's not going to really create much unless the offensive line is giving it to him. So I think for those reasons, I'm just a little bit concerned with Swift just in the near term. Um, and, and for those reasons, I mean, in, in, in best ball, I, I cannot take him out of his ADP. I, you know, like if he falls, I mean, great, but... You know, people are fading. You know, my bay, Miles Sanders, for very much the same reasons why they're ignoring they're ignoring those reasons and, and pumping someone like DeAndre Swift. So, um, you know, I hear a lot about the crowded situation <laughs> in Philly, the offensive line, and you know this and that. And and you know, for me, the way I see it is, hey, look, we're gonna fade someone because it's crowded in in Philly. Well, I mean, it's just as crowded in Detroit, and the competition to me for touches is a lot greater in Detroit. Yeah. So I think it's just for me, it's just a little shaky. I mean, again, I, I love DeAndre Swift. I don't want people to think that, oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm against him. Or I don't think he's a good talent or, or skill-wise. Um, and I do think the Lions want to build around him as a cornerstone, but I just don't, I just don't see it right now, right? I mean, when Adrian Peterson was kind of, you know, moved on, you know, everyone thought, oh, Swift's going to get his chance, right? It's, it's wheels up for Swift. And then a few weeks later, they, they signed Jamal Williams and, you know, to me, that was probably one of the th- worst things that could have happened to Swift this offseason, right? They're either drafting someone or signing a free agent who, you know, isn't just necessarily a backup. I mean, you know, so th- that's kind of what I saw. And then, of course, Anthony Lynn saying that, you know, it just it doesn't doesn't sound like um, good news to me. Yeah, and, and you know, I, while you guys are talking, I literally updated my uh, projections and was able to get DeAndre Swift to running back 14 um, but, but he had to get, you know, over 200, almost 220 carries to get there. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of touchdown upside in that offense. You know, I've got him scoring nine total touchdowns, four through the air, five on the ground. That, that may not happen. You know, he could be five, six touchdowns total, uh, if that team's, you know, but it could also get a little bit, you know, I, I project him at 76 targets. You know, he could get a, a, a fair share more than that if they're thrown behind. And, you know, I, I it's, it, it's going to be interesting, but I, his ceiling feels a little bit capped just because of the offense. I just don't think he can, you know, he can't roll out 15 touchdown season, right? I mean, they might not score 15 touchdowns. I, I mean, yeah. like, uh, of course they're going to score 15 touchdowns, but you know, Washington, I, I did my, my, uh, a, a little thing for a player profiler uh, for their draft kit. And I did Logan Thomas and I, and doing my research realized that Washington last year had 16 total touchdown passes, like the whole team, like, Whoa, like that is so bad, you know? And so we could see something like that with Detroit. The only, the only thing there is like Washington had a great defense, which made it okay that they didn't have to throw the ball. Whereas I think Detroit's defense will be bad enough where they're going to be down. They're going to have to do something through the air. And as you point out, they're not going to push the ball down the field to whoever the fuck their receivers are. They're going to throw it to, TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift, 
uh, and don't at me. I know it's Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman, Amon Ross, <laughs> Brown, and Quintez Cephas. But again, like I said, whoever the fuck their wide receivers are, like it's just not good. So for those reasons, it's a little bit you know interesting. I think you're drafting him wherever you draft him. You know, it's kind of almost his ceiling. He doesn't have a a big ceiling play like like a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I think people are starting to. You know, it's kind of there's a course correct coming, but I think he's post type post type sleeper for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I think could score 15 touchdowns. You know, uh, before last season, I remember putting out a little piece about the the history of um, Kansas City running backs always score 10 plus touchdowns. Like they just score 10 touchdowns always on the ground because there's just so much space because uh, Patrick Mahomes makes so much space. So in the last few years, that's been the case. And then we see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire go out and face plant and not be able to get it across the goal line, uh, you know, in 2020. I suspect he may be able to do so in 2021, given the fact that his um, offensive line will be much better. Uh, What do you guys think about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and his upside going forward? I'm a big fan of Hilaire. Um, You know, I think he... Coming into last year's draft, we were all the Jonathan Taylor guys. I think that was obviously the right call regardless. Um, But I do think he's a talent. Uh, He landed in a great situation. Um, I, you know, I question if he did not land in Casey where he would have actually been going in drafts uh, last year. He probably would have been more of a, you know, uh, he probably would have been. I agree. hundred percent late first. Now, I think that, you know, they got the, they've helped, they got some help on their offensive line. You get the best quarterback in the game. You got receivers that can spread the field out. He's going to get a lot of opportunity. Um, I'm a big fan of him this year. I think that people are now starting to finally see uh, the sleeper appeal in him um, because I've seen his ADP starting to rise a little bit more as it drafts go and as we're moving along now. Yes. Um, So if you got on him early, fantastic. Yes. but you know, again, he is—he's uh, a guy that I'm—I'm I'm definitely trying to snag some more shares with if I can. Um, I just think there's a lot of room for him to grow. Yep, chalk. Yeah, you know, this is kind of where that you know Bayesian um, you know principles come in, right? Like, you know, coming in his rookie year, I wasn't—I wasn't really high on him, right? I didn't. I All didn't of like us him weren't comp- right. Like right? undroppables, yeah. we 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 are not even like we we don't re- require that we all agree. We just kind of all did. And we were yeah. all Jonathan Taylor. It was kind of funny. And of course we were all correct, but you know, now you're right. It's like we don't hate Clyde Edwards Hilaire. We hated him at the one point oh one, you know, hail to the yeah. king again, Matthew Berry. We don't hate players with ADPs. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire at that ADP was felt wrong and kind of was. And now had his ADP, he feels right. And I think we're we're yeah. trying to course correct that if I hear you right. Yeah, no, exactly, right? I mean, you know, I mean he's tied Again, to one of the best offenses in the league, right? You got the Chiefs, you got Mahomes, uh, Kelsey and, and Hill, and you know he's not going to see that stack box like ever, right? So he's going to have lanes, good offensive line. They've bolstered that lineup um, after they got spanked by my Bucks uh, in the Super Bowl, <laughs> right? Um, you know, there's no competition for touches there, right? Really, it's 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 just wheels up from for for Edwards Jalair and and twenty one. Um, you know, especially at the ADP, right? It's yes. the market has overcorrected itself by going Correct. way far and and fading him, you know, to the depths of you know fantasy. Um, and now there's an opportunity to, you know, like like BZ says, right, buy the dip, right? It's you know everybody was so high on him and he didn't make you know didn't meet our expectations or whoever was high on him 
that everybody who was high on him is now over him. And, you know, it allows opportunity for people like us who weren't burned to now see that, right? Get the facts, That's get right. new information, adjust, right? And and for myself, yeah, I, I'll admit I don't have any Edwards Hilaire right now. Um, but I, I'm, I'm definitely in best ball. I'm going to have him and redraft. I'm going to have him. And I, I definitely going to be looking to pick up uh, him on some teams going forward in Dynasty as well because, you know, he's young. He's tied to a great offense. Um, you know, very talented player, right? And, you know, those are the guys you want, right? Especially if there's an opportunity to get him uh, at a value where you know it's going to increase over the next few months and first weeks of the season, yeah? Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> no doubt. And, you know, to talk about, you know, both you and I had Miles Sanders, I'm talking to Chalk here, as our as our 1.01 in that uh, Jacobs-Monty uh, draft, uh, rookie draft. We both had Miles Sanders as our 1.01. I, I still feel like, and, and we can have this conversation right now, if you take Miles Sanders, uh, Josh Jacobs, and David Montgomery, um, whether it be in Dynasty, Redraft, Best Ball, I've got Miles Sanders still at the 1.01 in that group. Um, I am not as high on that class as I wasn't that high on that class then. Um, it's not like we had Miles Sanders as like this you know, generational 1.01. He was a 1.01 in a hugely flawed uh, a rookie class. And now we see him and, you know, he's still not quite, uh, you know, a top 12 uh, dynasty running back or or even fantasy running back in, in redraft. So, but I still have him as uh, the, the 1.01 out of those three. I know um, BZ's going to probably say someone else, but Chuck, do you still agree with that? Yeah, no, I, I do, right? Um he had a down year last year, but, you know, I still think that what he's shown in terms of uh, production and ceiling and, and his abilities, three, you know, three down abilities, yeah. uh, he's still, for me, the the, the the RB1 or the 101 of that, that class uh, when you're comparing, you know, the Jacobs and Monty. Uh, you know, I'll admit, right, Monty, he's grown on me a little bit. I'm still never going to roster him just because of uh principle regardless of any ba- regardless of any bayesian <laughs> concepts i need to follow um it's more of a more of a um rivalry i have with bz so i'll never let him um have that win on me <laughs> but um but you know i mean you know for us for me and jacks i mean uh, jacobs we had question marks about him right his durability his ability to stay healthy or stay on the field um you know and then you know with monty you know, he, the perfect, just the cars aligned, the stars aligned from him last year, right? I mean, everything just came together. He had so much opportunity. And, and, you know, and I'll give him credit, right? When the opportunity was there, he performed, right? He he did hit those holes. Um, you know, he did show a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we can't forget that, you know, Miles Sanders' rookie year, he won a lot of people a lot of money, including myself, um, especially down the stretch, the second half of the season, which really showed what he can do. And he did flash that again last year, right? I mean, he was injured. He was banged up. Uh, so I I think this is the year that's going to really kind of say a lot to me in terms of the Monty versus Sanders war. I agree. Um, that, you know, yeah. and I think this is the, the tiebreaker, right? I mean, you know, Sanders won, won round one. Monty got round two, right? This is round three. This is the the third match, right? The, the rubber match. And we'll see who, who comes out on top. And, like, there's no excuses, right? Um, Phillies rebuilt their offense. They got hurt. They've added Devonta Smith. Um, you know, and then Monty got, you know, Justin Fields now under center, um, you know, so I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that really plays out. What do, what do you think, Beasy? Oh, oh, oh man, I, you know, 
I don't even need, you know, you guys, you guys know, you guys know my one-on-one. It will always be my one-on-one. Nothing's changing that facts one bit whatsoever. But, you know, I do, I do like Miles Sanders as a player. As much as I will shit on him, it's more just because I know Chalk's in the thread or I know he's creeping around somewhere. <laughs> so I'm just trying to piss him off. Um, but, you know, I, I do own Miles Sanders shares, um, you know, just because I do think he is a talented player. I loved him at Penn State. Um, and, you know, I think that year three, the situation that both of these guys are in are, are fantastic. They're, they're upgrades from where they were their entire career so far, in my opinion. Um, I think, you know, Monty's getting the best quarterback he's played with. I think Jalen Hurts is going to, you know, make that Philly offense a little bit more dynamic and give Miles Sanders uh, some good opportunity. Um, but year three, it's a big one. Uh, there's no excuses. I like Montgomery going forward. Yeah. He's got definitely got a tougher schedule. Uh, as he gets down to the end of the year, again, those last few weeks of the season, he's got some lovely matchups to win you some fantasy championships, but, um, you know, Tariq's going to be back. So we take that into account. Um, but you know, Sanders has a lot to deal with over there. Um, (laughs) you know, uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting third year battle for both these guys. Uh, I'm interested to see how it ends. One of us is going to be probably a little butt hurt once the season ends. But <laughs> well, I got to be honest with with Miles Sanders. Sometimes I'm afraid he can't stay healthy. Um, yeah. He has had some nagging little lower lower leg injuries and things like that. And that was one thing with with David Montgomery coming out as he had proved he could you know he could carry the ball 300 times at three and a half yards a carry. Um, <laughs> Listen, man. You, 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 right. Montgomery almost ripped his groin completely in half, and he still shows up for week one. No, then I'm, week one, he takes a nasty ass hit, almost breaks his freaking neck, and he's back out there two plays later. That guy's a fucking machine, dude. Watch he is. A, he is a tough son of a bitch. I, I've said this a million times. Like he is a dope football player. I just never saw him as having the explosion and he's kind of like a poor man's Javante Williams. Like, you know, Javante, you know, has that tackle breaking and all that sort of thing. But at least Javante had a little bit of juice. I think actually David Montgomery, you know, we, we, we have a friend who works, you know, you, all you guys uh, know the same guy that works at, with Chicago and, you know, talks about how David has really, um, you know, improved his body and has done a, so much with explosion techniques and try and make himself more explosive and you know what? He looked a little bit more explosive last year, to be honest with you. I mean, mm-hmm. now granted he was explosive against shitty defenses, but I, as Chuck said, doesn't matter. He did it, you know, and and doing it in the NFL is doing it. And so, you know, I'll give him I'll give him credit where credit is due as he looked better. And if he can, you know, be a little bit more explosive, man, that goes a long way for a player like that. Because like you said, the 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 toughness, the body size, the body build, like the 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 contact balance, the tackle breaking, the footwork, mm-hmm. it's all there. That's all yeah. there. That's always been there. Nobody ever said he's a bad football player. That was never my criticism anyway. It was just that I didn't necessarily see uh, an elite talent in terms of athleticism that was going to translate into a Nick Chubb type player. Right. You yep. know, that's what I didn't see. So I was like, oh, he's just a tear down for me. But, hey, if he can get a little bit better, maybe become an average, you know, athlete in that way, he's got everything else. So – uh, wheels up if he can get there. I'm concerned about Tariq Cohen. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about that. I'm, a, I'm concerned about how many targets he'll see. And that's been a little bit of an issue with both Montgomery and Jacobs. You know, in, in PPR leagues like we play in a lot of, or even half PPR with, you know, 
bonuses for first downs or even just straight half PPR, even in a, in a half PPR. Montgomery and Jacobs just haven't seen the target share when when uh, Tariq Cohen's on the field. Haven't seen the target share needed to be you know RB ones. And Jacobs now gets Kenyon Drake in tow. Are we kind of worried about Josh Jacobs here going forward? Because I am extremely worried about Josh Jacobs going forward. Yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in him. Um, you know, I was not a huge Jacobs fan when he came out. Um, I, I, you know, he was definitely my three out of that class. You know, he had a good rookie year. He kind of opened up some people's eyes. I, I, I admitted I was probably I faded probably a little bit too much on that one, but um. You know, it's just I I I I hate John Gruden, man. I just I I hate the coaching staff there. I think they're, you know, it's it's like I don't understand what they're doing. Like they just they keep adding these pieces all over the place, and none of them just seem like they're fitting the offense any particular way. Um, and I just feel like you got this kid that you you know <laughs> you want to be your running back, but yet you keep bringing in all these pass catchers to take him off the field in. Uh, the position that like when you drafted Jacobs, you were drafting for that, his ability to catch his ability to be receiver out of the backfield. That's where he was, a, you know, that's what his thing was coming out of college. Like he was right. fantastic. And you're turning him into Derrick Henry with less touches and a, and a shitty offense. Chalk, you worried? Yeah, I'm worried. Um, you know, I mean, durability issues, the Raiders, who knows what the fuck they're doing. God bless Tommy soul. Um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, Tommy earmuffs, Tommy. Earmuffs. Yeah. Earmuffs. And, and, you know, just, um, you know, I mean, with Drake, I mean, you know, no one likes Drake, but, you know, they added Drake. Um, so the third down work probably going to Drake. Um, so that hurts that. I mean, you're going to need a lot work, of touch. Right. Like, Chuck, yeah. something's got to go to Drake. Like, you yeah. know, whenever you do projections, it's like you can overlook a seventh-round rookie and be like, ah, you ain't going to get shit. But a guy who they come in, first of all, what the fuck, Mayock? Signing Kenyon Drake to be your backup running back when you literally don't have any offensive linemen. I mean, they're yeah. just going for donkey of the year awards. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah like, you know, um, yeah, I mean, just the, you know, outside of Waller, I mean, I, I love Brian Edwards, but, I mean, who knows what he's going to be, um, you know. The offensive line, just a complete mess. Um, and, you know, it's just you're going to need a lot of touchdowns from Jacobs, right? Yeah. Um, you know, oddly enough, I actually traded for Jacobs in one of my leagues where I needed a running back, like an RB3, um, just to hold me over um, and make a title run. But, I mean, in some teams I have him as like my RB2 or my RB, maybe even my RB1 on a couple of teams where – it just kind of fell, fell, the chips fell that way. And I'm just terrified, right? It's like, there's not going to, those teams are not going to be competitive, right? This no. productive struggle mode, right? Started as soon as he has a big game, probably, you know, trade him off for some yep. 20, 2022 picks um, and just start kind of reloading that iron bank and, and trying to move forward. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely concerned. Um, his value has continued to drop uh, tremendously over this off season. And yeah, he's going to need a huge, and like you said, the touchdowns don't come, right? I mean, he's going to need 15 touchdowns, you know, and how's that going to happen? Um, I, I know in, I'll in get I know I'll get busy excited over this one, but Chalk, listen to this one too. My, my trade for Jacobs has been, if you could trade Jacobs, and if you have to throw some seconds in or something like that, but basically if you could trade Jacobs for Joe Mixon right now. Oh. Right? Ooh. Isn't that Ooh. the move? Because like they're both in that range, right? Uh-oh. Uh Beasy's awake. I got him. Oh. He's, he's flexing again. Yeah. Uh, 
He's flexing again. And I am. Holy smokes. Ooh. Look at him. He's standing on his chair, folks. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, Mixon, right? I mean, in that offense, they're going to throw the ball 700 times or some shit like that. I mean, the offensive line is better, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, as long as Jamar Chase, Higgins, Burrow, and Boyd are there, there's going to be some space and some opportunities at the goal line for Mixon. They've really cleared the decks for him in the passing game. Giovanni Bernard is gone. Like, as long as he can stay healthy, they've got to see him as a three-down back, and he's got to be able to score more fantasy points and get more targets than Josh Jacobs and, mm-hmm. and play in a better offense, right? Oh yeah, dude. You know, you know, I'm waiting for this one. This is gonna be another. This is gonna be another one of those epic. I, I don't, I'm not gonna jinx myself, but if. This happens. Twitter is going to have it's going to be. I'm going to like Twitter on fire. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be good. And I really think it, you're mixing. This is your year for mixing. I mean, I, I do too. Yeah. This is a make or break. This this is it. Put up or shut up kind of year. You know, uh, yes. we've seen the flashes. We've seen that talent. Uh, it's there. Uh, you know, now that team is starting to finally kind of become. You know, Joe, Joe Burrows is starting to take over as that team leader. They got their QB. They got their future. They're giving him weapons. They're gonna they're gonna spread out the field a little bit. That offensive line is going to be a little better this year coming around. Um, I, I love it. You know, I mean, I think if he doesn't put up this year, if he's healthy and he does not put the numbers up, then you're probably he probably never will. And that's a sad fact to make, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I think um, you know, in that second round of of best balls, I'm always looking at either like. Um, Antonio Gibson or um, or Joe Mixon, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you get one of those elite running backs up top, and you and you double stack it with you know either Mixon or Gibson. So you got like a Taylor Gibson or like uh, yep. you know a, a Cook Mixon or Acres. Yep. I mean, just you know two stud backs, and off you go. And, and Mixon is that target that I think has that you know high end RB one upside. Um, you know, but he's being drafted right now as an RB2, high-end RB2, which I think his floor should be about a mid-RB2. I mean, you know, unless, again, injuries aside, I I can't see him playing every game and not being really close to an RB1. I agree. 100% agree. Chalk, you with me? Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Right, like um, I love mixing myself, right? I've kind of held on, held on to him on my teams. Um, you know, I think this is his year. I, I saw a stat. I think Aaron Harris like put some posted something where, you know, you you think that Joe Mixon is actually like injury prone and misses all these games, but before last year, he actually only missed like four games or something. Yeah. You know, it was like kind of wild, and he's always on the precipice of like putting up RB one numbers every year. Um, it's just last year. I mean, he disappointed a lot of people, and um, I mean, do we forget like even in that just completely defunct offense last year? He had like that 40 point explosion, right? So we've seen his ceiling. We've seen what he can do. Um, he's a three down back, right? Like BZ said earlier, so rare to have a true bell cow these days in the NFL. Who else is behind him? Geo's gone. Uh, offensive line is somewhat improved. Um, they're going to run that spread offense with at least three wide receivers all the time. All right, it's going to open up an offense a lot. Uh, and then, you know, Coach Speak is, you know, take with a grain of salt, but they said they're not going to take him off the field. They want to they see him there. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm, I'm all in on mixing and, uh, I really hope he has a really big year. Um, not just for selfish reasons, but I, uh, you know, he's, he's a fun player to watch. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm ready to see some showtime. Yeah. 
absolutely. I'm with you hundred percent. And so that, that's an exciting, that's an exciting uh, a guy to take. And in that offense, I mean, we gotta be, that's another offense that's kind of tough to stack in best ball though. You can still get burrow kind of on the cheap. He can be sort of a, a, a you know, mid or later uh, quarterback. And right now, Jamar chase is, is skyrocketing, but I would probably mm-hmm. stack him with T Higgins. I love T Higgins at his value. Mm-hmm. I think T Higgins is falling. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. while we're here, curious to get your guys' take. I don't, I don't, you know, I think I've given mine, which is that I think the 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 Jamar Chase killed T Higgins narrative is utter stupidity in a, in a team with a team that's going to throw uh, six hundred times or more this uh, this year. To say that there's not enough targets for T Higgins is, is ridiculous. And you know, yeah, Jamar Chase does become the the one there, in my opinion, and. Maybe as soon as week one. I don't know. I mean, he's damn good. So, yeah, that's fair. But, you know, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper can survive together in a, in a high-powered offense. I'm sure T. Higgins and uh, and Jamar Chase can, too. Uh, what do you guys think about that? That was one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. And I, I think I posted something. I said, you know, if this is going to drop T. Higgins' value, you need to go out and you need to just get him anywhere you can possibly get him. Yep. Um, Joe Burrows was throwing a ridiculous amount last year when he was healthy. And then, you know, obviously the bad things happened. He got hurt and that's what it is, but they really are going to throw the ball like six, 650 times this year. Uh, that offense is his. Um, I am super excited for that kid. And I think that, you know, I think Kiggins chase, I think they can, I think they're going to be fantasy relevant. I think they're both, they could both have great years uh, with Burroughs because he's that kind of a quarterback. He could support too. Um, I'm buying Higgins anywhere I can get my hands on him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, look at the Rams receivers, right? Woods and, yes. and Cooper Cup for, I mean, the past what? I mean, I want to say like five years. It's probably been at least three, four seasons where every year you just see them in the rankings, right? Like whether it's redraft or dynasty, that it's just like, right next to the right, like one after the other, right? And and basically all you do is you let someone take Woods, you wait a few rounds and you take Cup, right? It's like, it's like all right, you want to take Chase? Great. I mean, he's going to produce and I'll just wait a round or two and then I'll take Higgins who's going to produce just as well, right? And mm-hmm. we've seen historically a, a good offense, a high-powered offense that's throwing a bunch of times, it could easily support at least two receivers, right? Mm-hmm. At least two pass catchers putting up great numbers. Of course, you know, you know the elite top five type production is probably not going to be there necessarily. But I mean, we're not talking about that, right? I mean, Higgins as your WR two and on a team, shit, sign yeah. me up, sign yeah. me up. So I'm with you guys 100. percent And uh, so now that we got that out of the way, um, I need to get to my guy. You know, we all thought it was photoshopped. You know, the thighs were talking to me. I don't want to go to Atlanta. You guys are gonna have to drink if you don't get careful. But what are we doing with Mike Davis? Um, you know, I just had talked to you guys earlier. We're in a, we're in a, we're in a league together where we were in the rookie draft right now. And, you know, I had a dope team and I was trying to off Mike Davis all off season. And of course, nobody's buying, nobody's paying. And then he just sort of slides into my RB2 role. I mean, he's just going to be an absolute monster this year. Um, or not. What do you guys think? Uh, you know, so a very similar situation, you know, I actually had one, two, I had like a few dynasty championships that were won because of Mike Davis being on my roster. And now, you know, you come into this year and you're, you're looking at it going, oh man, now he's back to being, you know, uh, you're losing that. Like it, it felt bad. And then just like this, bam, here he is. Um, 
I like Mike Davis for 2021. I think the biggest thing with him right now is you need to, he's in a good offense. They're going to score. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to get some receptions. He's going to have some pretty big games. Now he is probably one of those guys that if you own him and he goes off for like three big games in a row and you got somebody that comes crawling around trying to buy, then you sell, get rid of him because it's probably going to be about 21, 21. And if you don't get rid of him this year, you're probably going to end up never getting rid of him. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. He's turning into a pumpkin at some point. We just don't know when, but it's, you know, it's just his legs that look like pumpkins. That's it. That's all that's happening right now so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, you know, the big, the big concern with Mike Davis coming into the offseason was, you know, Atlanta's going to draft a running back, right? Yep. They're going to uh-huh. sign a running back. You know, they're going to nuke Mike Davis's value. Um, and it didn't happen, right? I mean, I don't want to knock on wood, uh, but it didn't happen. You know, that photo comes out. It, it, his, his value instantly increases. Um, you know, like, yeah, I traded for him in, in a couple of teams uh, last year, and I, and I did fall short, and I was bummed out because I traded, you know, you know, seconds or you know whatever, and I, I don't, I don't want to look back and see like how early that second was, because um, it wasn't mine. Um, but you know, then, then like, you know, then I'm like, oh, I, I didn't win the championship, I lost my second round pick, and you know, I got Mike Davis sitting on my on my bench now, and he's just gonna be just waiver wire fodder eventually. Gets 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 in, ends up in Atlanta. I'm super stoked, and you know, I even drafted him late in some startup, startup leagues, and people are telling me, "Oh, wait till the draft, right?" Mike Davis is gonna get nuked. Like, yo, you're screwed. We're all cheering against you, and I, I swear, every pick that every pick that went on, I just was sweating. Right? It was Atlanta and 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 Miami, which Gaskin, right? Like, those are the yes. two players that I had rostered. Just so nervous, like, oh, they're gonna draft someone and just destroy, destroy the value, and um. You know what? Like I, I don't care. I'm going to say Julio. Like Julio might be on his way Drink. out, and <laughs> and um, you know he's he's probably on his way out, and you know it's going to open up more opportunities for other guys, like you know Ridley. But Mike Davis is going to get more work. Um, he's going to get some of that passing work as well, and and yeah, like BZ said, the, the offense is good. Their opportunity is going to be there. They're going to be scoring. Who else is behind Mike Davis, right? I don't even know who's on the roster. I think Javion Hawkins is like the, the RB2. Yeah. Um, Quadriolison. Yeah, all this thing. Other than that, like Ito's bought, gone. Brian Hill's gone. It's like they bought uh, Mike Davis a puppy when they got Javion Hawkins. It's like, oh, hey, little buddy. You know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's not, he's no yeah, and then he ate him. And then he ate him. <laughs> and then he ate him. <laughs> <laughs> he's just going to bounce Javion yeah, so, Hawkins on his lap. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Bezier, but I'm with you, right? Like, if you have Mike Davis and, and you could, you know, he has a few good games, and you could spare getting rid of him, or you're not contending, you move him as, as soon as you can, right? Don't let him, don't let him sit there and become, um, you know, just a pumpkin on on, on your team. Um, so you move him, but if you're a contender, you just ride it to the ground, right? It's yeah, absolutely, you know, yeah, you just yeah. ride it to the ground. Uh, and, and yeah, like <laughs> it's funny because. Before this, we we're talking about you know our dynasty, the Unjoppables Dynasty League, and you know Jax was talking about how Mike Davis slides into his RB two spot, and you know he's getting a boon you know through the offseason and kind of you know how it worked out from him. And I'm looking at my roster; I got like Swift, and I got Sanders, I got I got James, James Robinson, Robinson. <laughs> I got Whoa. James Robinson. All my team, all my guys who are um, you know also like oh my team is so good, and, and I, I, I'm still happy for my team, but. Man, I'm taking all these all these L's, and I got Jackson. I rear view mirror, and I got Mike Davis. Now I'm like, shit. Like, here we go. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun it's a fun league, and and uh, 
our our, our little genius uh, who's heading off to to Cal this this uh, this season, uh, Vivek, uh, mm-hmm. really really gave us a scare and really turned his team around. Really, what a great uh, team member we have at the Undroppables and and a great uh, you know young writer who probably will go on to like cure cancer or some shit and uh, you know won't won't work for us for very long. But just a really dope dude. So follow Vivek uh, on Twitter as well because he's kind of dope. He's a hell of a oh, by, the, by the way, happy birthday, Brad. Happy birthday, happy, Brad. Happy, happy birthday to our line guy, dude. <laughs> you know, I'll tell yeah, you. Happy. Hey, listen, I shout out Brad all the time. So the the dedicated listeners of this show do know who Brad Wire is. Brad yeah. Wire, the offensive line ranker and guru at the Undroppables. Uh, how old is he? Like 14? How, how old is he? <laughs> I thought he was like 50. <laughs> he's, he's either 14 or 50 we're it's not somewhere sure, in that middle either, it's somewhere in there it is somewhere in there uh no he's he's like uh 24 25 i don't know how old he is but he's a stud he eats like four um um you know um pizzas a night like you know the ones that you you know the ones that you throw in the oven he just they're gone i mean just immediately that and then two pints of ben and jerry's every night boom that's how he keeps Done. the strength up sexy yep hashtag hey, uh, no crew. Hey, um. I have a trade offer that just came in. I want to ask you guys. It's been um, been sitting here, and and I've been going back and forth with this guy, uh, Jack. Jacks, I know you're high on Trey Lance. Um, so how do you feel about him? Uh, I got like a team that's fairly. It's pretty much productive struggle at this point. I'm just trying to accumulate more assets. Uh, pretty deep at a quarterback. Um, on this team. Um, let me pull it up real quick. So I got Tua, Fields, Trey Lance, Wentz, Darnold. There's other my quarterbacks. Hmm. Um, I got an offer for two 2022 first, so two first next year in Troutman for Trey Lance. Hmm. Um, what would you do there? I mean, I, I feel like I don't want to sell him short because if this guy blows up, man, he got the he got the wheels. Um, he has such a high ceiling and potential, and I don't know if I want to give it up. But I got Fields, I got Tua, um, and then I got Wentz and Darnold. Is that is that a move you would make, or am I selling myself too short too early? You know, if you're not here's my here's my dynasty game theory 101. If you're not a a contender, then you have no urgency to make moves unless they're unless you're getting off a player that you don't want. Then you know if you're selling Julio Jones, drink. Sorry, I got no, but a, <laughs> an older player that you're like, okay, I need to get off this guy because I'm not going to contend, and I need to get off him quick. Then maybe there's some urgency to the trade. Kind of like Trey Lance the hell are you in the hurry for to trade him and ultimately between now and the start of the season his value i don't think diminishes he he he's not going to see a value loss Mm -hmm. if anything maybe the hype grows uh i would probably extort for more um just because at the end of the day i don't think that 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 asset is going to is going to reduce in value um i sold trey lance um it's actually a really cool trade in our 10-team – BZ, I don't know if you remember this. Our 10-team triple superflex, whatever the hell it's yep. called, you know, two yep. tight end. You know, and I, I had the 102 and the 103. I, I drafted Trey Lance and Justin Fields, and then late – so I had the same type of thing, but I'm I'm definitely a contender. I had a really good team. It's a 10-team league, so everybody's kind of good. It's really kind of badass. Um, and so it's a real chess game. And I had Rhinos – uh, who had the 110 and really wanted uh, tr- uh, Trey Lance because he's a Niner fan. 
and he gave me the 110, his 22 first and second, which again, in a 10 team league, both those picks are, you know, if you are worth a little bit more, supposedly. Um, he gave me that. So I got the 110, 22 first, 20, 22 second, Melvin Gordon and uh, Ben Roethlisberger so that I could have a quarterback because you start three. So, I mean, if you're selling a quarterback, I always want to get a quarterback back. In your case, you're so deep at quarterback, you don't necessarily need one back. But, um, you know, I, in, in, you know, if you're not winning, it doesn't really matter. My team was trying to win, so I'm like, well, Ben is going to potentially play for me. So long story short is um, I think you're getting – pretty good value in a couple of firsts, but eh, I don't know. It doesn't necessarily move the needle for me. Um, Unless those two 22 firsts are specifically going to potentially be like the 101, 103 or something like Mm -hmm. if they're those types of picks, but if not, you could be trading, you know, a a dope quarterback for like, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like Jalen Rager and you know what I mean? Like Javante Williams, like what the fuck did I do that for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I, I was tempted because I'm like, I have a lot of quarterbacks, uh, you know, and then I have two first next year already. So I was like, oh, I could have like a third of the first round next year already, Stack you know, it, yeah. you know, and start stacking those chips. Uh, and then, you know, from there, it can kind of snowball. I even have Josh Jacobs. I, mean, I need to get rid of him for yeah. hopefully a first, you know. Yeah. So so I'm looking at I'm looking at this this trade. I'm like, ah, I know value wise, it's OK. Right. It's not terrible. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's where I, I didn't pull the trigger, and I was like, you know, I'm glad I asked you guys, um, because yeah, I know you're you're high on Trey Lance. I, I've been coming around on him more and more, um, just because I know that if he puts it together, man, this guy could be really special. And and it would suck to think that I didn't even see this guy play it down, and I got rid of him, um, right. and I lost that, right? And of yes. course, the other side of me is I'm scared, right? If I hold on to him and he turns into a bust, then it's like shit, like. It takes you know, time to turn into a bust though, at quarterback. Look at Josh Allen. I mean, yeah. you know, Josh Allen threw for 51% completion percentage in his first year and, you know, really was kind of a scary-looking prospect. And, you know, he still held value, even though he was kind of, quote-unquote, that bad. And Daniel Jones and, you know, a lot of these guys hold value. Like, Daniel Jones is still somewhat valuable in Superflex. You know, obviously it's now two years in or whatever for, you know, for Jones and, like, three years in for – you know, for um, uh, Josh Allen. So I think, you know, you're okay holding, like I said, between now and the start of the season, nothing happens. He can't bust out before then. And, you know, with Fields and Lance, like that, that was what made that trade that I made hard too, because it's like, you know, if you have Fields and Lance, what if they both hit, you know, that was the, that was, that's why I asked for so much in return for that, for that pick, because I was like, Look, this could be, you know, with Fields, Lance, I forget who else my other quarterback. But, you know, once you have that all going on, it's like, you know, because here's the thing. Like, if if Fields and Lance, quote, unquote, hit, then they hit big. There's no like, oh, yeah, they're average. That doesn't right. exist for them. Because if they hit, even if they're an average passer, which is certainly possible, they're not an average uh, dynasty asset or fantasy football asset. They're an elite because they're going to have rushing upside. Like, they're just going to have that. And so, you know, if they're just okay passing the football, they're going to be dope fantasy assets. Yep. That's great points, man. Great points. Uh, by the way, I was just, I just had a quick gander at that Dino game theory league that we were, yeah. you know, we're in together. Dude, 
getting CMC, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, and David Montgomery back in my starting lineup this year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, that's oh what's God. fun about the 10-team league is that oh, all dude, your teams so look funny. so good. They like, look so good. <laughs> I like, dude, this team, this is one of those teams where you we were all drafting. Of course, everyone's going for the win in this one. You know what I mean? Because we're just like, let's have some fun. Let's go crazy. Let's get it. And my team shit the bed. I just had Injury after injury, just couldn't catch a break. Now I got CMC back, Joe Mixon. You got Gibson, Montgomery, Justin Jefferson, Kenny Galladay. Oh, I mean, shit. Dude, it is, it's just coming. Like, you just look at it and you're just like, wow. That's, a fun, then, that's a fun team. It, it's going to be a fun year with this one, dude. I'm excited for this fun. It'll be fun as hell. Yeah, my team isn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is me selling off assets to get some of these guys because, uh, you know, I, I was I was on the end of it. I was just kind of I was scraping by. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. Might as well just collect what I can. Yeah, my, my three running backs are going to be Dalvin Cook, J.K. Dobbins and uh, Javante Williams. So not quite uh, whatever the fuck you just said, because that's way better than mine. So <laughs> looks like another year of rebuilding for Mr. Game Theory in his own fucking league. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this shit happens man we all have them we all have those teams oh shit no it's yeah, all right. i just start tearing it down call it productive struggle and you know call it a day. It. oh it's strategy it's strategy exactly <laughs> dude it's all good man i, I tell you I, I last year was a tough one for me because i had like um i was like third in points but i was like in second to last place it's one of those situations so you know you kind of hit your best year and then it still doesn't work out for you. So, eh, what are you going to do? Fantasy football sucks. Speaking of fantasy football sucking, uh, is Aaron Rodgers going to play for uh, Green Bay this year, guys? God, I hope so. I think I he really is. Do. I think, I think he, he, is. he is. I think he is. Yeah. I, I think he's selfish. Uh, me too. I, I do think he stays, though. I just don't see uh, where uh, – I just don't see it. I think that, you know – I, I just think that there is some big struggle going on right there. And I, but I think that, I don't know. I think this is one of those situations that, you know, when we look at it, Rogers is just going to stay where he's at. He's going to come out. He's going to do his thing. I just don't know if I see them getting the return they want for him in a trade, which, you know, it makes sense. Like why would if you're trading one of the best quarterbacks to play the game, you're going to want top dollar. And yes. why would you settle for anything less than top dollar? And they're not going to get the top dollar. And that's what's going to end up ultimately being him saying, okay, I'll play this year. Uh, I was, we, is it 21 and 22? He's got the contract and then he's out or is he out after 21? I think he's got, I think he's kind of locked up a little bit there. Um, okay. But, but I agree with you. And so, you know, I had written this question as to who your 2021 WR1 was. And I still think it might be Tyree Kill for me. But I, but as I'm talking to you guys and as I'm hearing your answers and as I'm thinking about it myself, I will tell you, all you listeners right now, get, get in a best ball league and draft Aaron Rodgers because I think he's a huge value right now. And, and when he comes back, he's going to be way more expensive. I think I just picked him and it was way late, you know, and I said, why why is he still on the board? I mean, I get it. It's possible he doesn't play. Okay, but if he does, he's going to be dope because he's good. So I think I think that's kind of a little quick tidbit. But back to my 2021 WR1 question, um, you know, there's there's a there's a number of guys that you could uh, make uh, a claim for as the 
WR1 or, or who you should draft first overall, who has the best shot at being that WR1 this year. But for me, as I was doing my projections for the NFL, man, Tyreek Hill's target share, I just couldn't, I couldn't find enough targets for him. I mean, it just kept going to him because his his target competition after Kelsey in another 600 pass attempt offense is like Mecole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Cornell Powell. Like it, you, no, seriously, that's like the next. Not great, guy. No, yeah. Like those guys aren't getting hundreds of targets. Like that's not happening. So in 600, 150 and 150 for Kelsey and Hill is like pencil that shit in. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you, dude. I am, you know, it's it, 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 this is this is where you have to just look at this game and just say they are they they are, they are epitome of what you want. That's what you want. And any player that you're getting, if they're going to see that kind of volume, grab them. Like that, no questions asked. And they, like I said, the Chiefs aren't making any moves right now to show that they're going to even add anybody that's of any relevance. You maybe when somebody gets cut, maybe there could be somebody that comes in there and, and takes some targets, but. This is a Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey show, and maybe Mikal makes a role, but I just don't know if I see it this year. Right, Chuck, you you in with us? Yeah, no, I'm with you guys. I'm definitely with you guys. Like, I don't like Mikal, um, and I mean, who else is? You know, the, the ball's going to go to those two main guys, Kelsey and Hill, and um, you know, obviously Ceh. We talked about, um, but yeah, you know, Tyreek. I, I don't have him on any teams. I wish I did. Um, yeah, because the competition for targets, you know, there's no one, right? Powell and, and Miko Hardman, uh, Watkins is gone, long gone. Um, yeah, so. Okay, know, so we're going to play a game. We're going to play a game. Ready? I'm going to say we're going to be in a draft. And when you're ready to draft Tyree Kill, just say draft or whatever. Say fucking I'm ready. I'm just going to tell you who's coming off the board, right? So you're in a redraft draft. Best ball or redraft. CMC. Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Cam Akers. Draft. Uh, draft. Oh, you, yeah. 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 <laughs> draft yeah. before Cam Akers. I, I was just going to say, Cam. right before Cam, dude. Uh, that's Yeah. Like wow, Nick that's Chubb, funny. Aaron Jones, right? I mean, yep. somewhere in there. Right, so... I don't know if Nick Chubb or Aaron Jones, but like, right? So like, yeah, it's like seventh or something like that. Like, do, do you, re- all I can remember is like, what was that? Was it not, it was like two years ago and that whole child thing came up with his, his kid breaking his yeah. kid's arm. Yeah. And he was falling to like round 11 and 12 right, and yeah. startups yeah. and fucking stoner was all over his ass at every freaking startup. And I was just like, son of a bitch, man. And then it's like, wow like what a value you know that's yeah yeah. crazy man i keep thinking about that i'm just like how the hell do we let that happen yeah how do we let that happen i mean who hasn't broken their kid's arm is my point right that's no no right no 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 no, that's the wrong take sorry that's not what i meant but yeah no honestly it was like everybody hated his ass so bad rightfully so that they just were like morally against drafting him and 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 the pragmatist that is Stoner, and I will say my my buddy Chris uh, was the same thing. He was like, I don't give a fuck if he broke his kid's arm. He's gonna score hundred, you know, he's gonna get one hundred and eighty targets, motherfucker. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, that's the correct fantasy football take, obviously. So yeah, he posed a great value while all of us were 
you know, outraged at his terrible ass behavior. So yeah, he he's a great value. And right now I think he's like the clear WR one. He was so good last year. And I, I think I'd be drafting him over uh, Devonta Adams, even if I knew Aaron Rodgers was playing. Like, I don't know, man, that, that target, uh, yep. that target share is just going to be bonkers there. Yep. Agreed. Um, the other guy that, you know, I have a little bit of a crush on that, um, you know, I don't know how high I would take him, but AJ Brown uh, certainly has a WR one overall upside this year. Boy, oh boy, guys, is he the WR one in dynasty at this point? Or is there any case for anybody else that you can make? Because he's young, he's dope, he's tough. He, I mean, where is he going? Uh, he's, he's my WR one in dynasty. Um, he has it all, right? He has the talent, the opportunity. He's getting the targets. He has the yards after catch ability, the big play ability, the explosion, um, everything. He has it, everything. And then he has a swag factor, right? I yeah, mean, he does. You know, and I think that doesn't factor into your process necessarily, but when you're looking at like a superstar and that kind of gives the edge, right, over – even like, you know, CD or DK or Justin Jefferson, who are all great. DK kind of has a superstar factor too, but AJ Brown just kind of has a different, just different swag about him, you know, and and, and you want to root for a guy like that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, even in an offense like Tennessee where it's going to be all run heavy and all that, I mean, who do they add? Nobody. Like, there's nobody on that team that's going to challenge him for anything. And they're just going to feed that, force feed him uh, the ball, and he's going to make plays. He got, you know, the contested catch ability. He got everything. Um, and it's so fun to watch him, right? Like, so yes. I think I think all those factors combined, hands down, you know, rock solid WR1. Reminds me of a true alpha, right? The true alphas that we, we all love. Um, you know, I mean, you know, like, just imagine, you know, our, our, our guy, a drinking game buddy, um, you know, in his prime, right? I mean... He has that type of prototypical build and 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 just playmaking ability about him, right? I mean, and, and imagine if imagine if I'm going to just say because I, I need to say, um, imagine if Julio, <laughs> imagine if Julio was in Tennessee with him, man. How fun would that be to watch both of those guys? I mean, mm-hmm. it would hurt AJ Brown's ceiling a little bit, but it would just be so fun to watch those guys just shredding up defenses. Yeah, Let, I, I, I would love that. I, let's yeah, do let's it. do it. Let's do it. Let's all drink. F- folks at home, play along. Crack your favorite beer. Pour a shot. Do something. We're going to drink. Because Julio yeah. is on the docket. So it is now the – we're recording this on the 26th on Wednesday night. It's going to come out on Thursday, the 27th. He's not getting traded per AWL, Sabermetrics, our guy, before June 1st. There's too much on the line for Atlanta where they can push some of the money to 2022. So they're definitely not going to trade him before June 1st. So, But he's almost assuredly getting traded. And so, I mean, I'd, I'd say that I'd, I'd put it at like 80% he's getting traded, maybe even a little bit higher. Like if I'm putting the betting line, it's like you're going to have to pay me serious juice to, to, to take the side that he's getting traded. He's getting traded. Yep. Now the question is, where is he going? And if wherever he's going – where do we want him to go and where do we not want him to go? I'll tell you where I don't want him to go. We don't even have to fucking talk about it is Baltimore. Getting the hell oh, out yeah, of Baltimore. God. Oh, please yeah. no. Please no. Right? That, like, that, that, would, that, would, that, that would just be a devastating blow to 
Like, right? Uh, they, they trade, like, Marquise Brown for you. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I guess for Marquise Brown truthers, I mean, at least they could feel a little better about him. Yeah, they being, really could. You know, yeah, they could because, I mean, you know, it, it's great. But um, Tennessee's a great spot. I, you know, New England's been a heavy favorite of them. Yeah. Uh, Definitely a Belichick type receiver. Player. So let's talk about let's talk about Tennessee real quick. So yeah. Tennessee and New England are the favorites. We'll talk about them real quick. So Tennessee getting uh, Julio, and you're right, Chuck. There's this sort of alpha e alpha, right? Like the two <laughs> fucking absolute stone cold studs of the world. Like Julio was the original alien, and now AJ Brown is like a 230 pound rocked up dude who moves like a gazelle out there with the greatest football attitude you've ever seen out of any player in the history of the game. Like it would be kind of dope. He is. He's just, he's an apex predator and he'd be playing alongside the actual predator. Um, So (laughs) it would just be so sick to watch those dudes play. Um, You know, so that one I like, I think there's enough target share and enough efficiency there. There's a there's a wide open spot on the other side of the field with AJ Brown where they can put, you know, Josh Reynolds and Des Fitzpatrick in the slot or whatever, you know, as a WR3. Totally fine. There's such an open, vacant spot for him. He can take all the Corey Davis targets plus, of course, you know, but there's this whole spot for him. So I like Tennessee, even though they're a little bit of a run first offense. I think the the the, the sort of efficiency would be good enough and the volume would be okay. You guys okay with that one? Yep. Yeah. No. I like. Like I said, I I'd, I I'd be totally okay with that. Um, it's funny because you know a few months back I um I said that Ryan Tannehill is going to turn into a pumpkin because you know look at all the people that are leaving Tennessee and you know I, I give I, I give Kyle Kale um a lot of grief about that because still to this day their biggest additions were um De- uh, Des Fitzpatrick and and Josh Reynolds. Um and nobody else of consequence and Jonah's Jonu's gone gone too. Yeah. Um uh, but but adding Julio to that would be so like you said, so fun to watch. Um but then yeah, the other favorite, New England. Um, man, give Cam Cam give Cam a real alpha and let's see if, if Cam's really washed. I mean, the first half of last season he was pretty damn good, um, pretty damn efficient. Uh and, and then he had the running ability on top of that, right? And then it just he kind of broke down and of course, like, I mean, who was he passing to? Um, but yeah, I mean, that would be fun to watch. And, and Julio's, I think, telegraphed that you know, he wants to play with Cam as well. Uh, and then, you know, on the other side, AJ Brown's telegraphing that he wants Julio in, in Tennessee. And uh, either one of those would be, it would be fun, phenomenal spots and, and fun to watch you know, either way. I'm a little concerned about the New England spot. Um, of course, as a New England fan, you know, it's like, it's weird because I have this like, uh, you know, we're, we, we've won all these Super Bowls and we win every year. But when it comes to wide receivers, I have some PTSD. Like, yeah, what the hell, man? Like, Randy Moss has been the only sort of, and it's fucking Randy Moss, but Randy Moss has been, like, the only wide receiver who's ever come in the building and, like, done anything. I mean, yeah, you could say Julian Edelman or, or Wes Welker was the one who came in the building. Like, we traded from Miami, but it's, you know, I don't, come on now. It's not like, you know, we had Chad Johnson and Reggie Wayne and, you know, back to Chad Jackson and all these players we drafted, like, Nikhil Harry, like, there's some PTSD for New England fans with wide receivers. And to pair him with a guy who didn't look like he could throw it 20 yards in the air last year toward the end of the year is a little disconcerting. I wonder if they made that Julio trade, if they would actually go to Mac Jones game one, play one, 
and just sort of be like, no, this is the Mac Jones situation. The kid with the live arm, with the great accuracy, pocket awareness, the Tom Brady 2.0, he can push it down the field. He made Devontae Smith a superstar. I mean, you know, this is that guy that can hit Julio and stride deep, right? Like, I mean, kind of proved it with, uh, with, with Devontae Smith that he could throw the ball down the field uh, and Jalen Waddle, et cetera. So I think it's kind of interesting. I, I, I have a blind spot for the Patriots. So, BZ, tell me if I'm just smoking crack over here. No, you're not smoking crack at all. Um, I I think Julio would bring that, you know, not yeah. He would bring that same kind of presence that Randy Moss had when he came. You know that dominant. I'm your guy. You know, I'm your trusted target. You know, get me the ball. Um, that's what Cam needs. I mean, this offense sure. uh, just has nothing. Uh, it, not it's. It had nothing. Now it has Janu and Hunter Henry, which is and crazy. Hunter Henry, yeah. That, and 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 you throw Julio into that mix, Woo! and now you you got you got something rolling here. You know what I mean? There's there's some, there's someone's rubbing some I'm sticks together. Excited. You're starting to see that smoke. Yeah, dude. Oh, um, you know, I I'd be happy with either situation that he landed in. I like Tennessee a little bit better, but I would be happy with either situation if he landed there. Um, I still think he's got another year or two left of. Good production. Yeah, elite production. So let's go to the non-favorite landing spots, but still possibilities. Uh, my favorite is kind of like Indianapolis. Great Ooh. offensive line. Jonathan Taylor, Carson Wentz. You still have some wide receivers there that can that can kind of play around Julio, whether it be Pittman, you know, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, none of them are Julio. Julio would just you know, put him wherever the fuck he wants to line up and let everybody else pick another spot, you know, and just like fill it in around them. And and I think that'd be pretty dope uh, with Mo Alley Cox as the, um, you know, uh, the tight end who can block and run and just a freak athlete. I mean, for me, if you have Mo Alley Cox, Paris Campbell, Julio Jones, and whatever other wide receiver you want to put out there, whether it's, you know, T.Y. or, or Pittman, you got a lot of speed and athleticism, uh, to go along with Jonathan Taylor, that I think puts a lot of pressure on the defense. You know, with Naheem Hines, it's just I think that offense has a chance to really, really work out and Wentz to have a huge bounce back season. And if you give him a weapon like Julio, we all know that there's a bit of degaff in um, in Wentz. You know, he'll hold on to it, he'll take a hit and and throw the ball down the field to whether it's Travis Fulgham or Greg Ward or whomever the fuck. He doesn't care. He's going to throw it down the field. He's he's a tough tough player he hasn't had a weapon like that ever in his career nope not very many people have so it'd be pretty interesting i'd love to see that one yeah i, I think colts would be fun um I, I don't know if this is if they have the space but what about the chargers that, yeah that was another team that chargers do gotta, have the space yeah. they can make that work they are on on the quote-unquote on the list and uh, even even Kansas City has the ability to make a couple little quick moves to make it work. But you're right, the Chargers. Talk about a downfield thrower. Is there a better downfield thrower, young downfield thrower than than Justin Herbert? That would be epic, um, right? You know, Keenan Keenan can play out of the slot, right? Oh, Which he, he thrives in, and then you know it just opens up everything for Julio, and then Julio's opening up for Keenan, and they're both going for like 180 targets. Um, yeah, yeah that's that'd, be a, that'd be a fun spot. That's the one. That's the one. We want Chargers. You've you've yeah. convinced me a hundred percent. It's Chargers, man. It's fucking Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that would be the spot. My God. Okay. Now you got me excited. Now I'm flexing. Um, <laughs> but no, absolutely. Los Angeles Chargers with Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, like, you know, Josh Palmer, whoever the fuck you want. But basically it's Keenan and Julio and then just sprinkle in whoever you like. Um, you know, obviously Donald Parham would be the tight end, not any of these other fools. By the way, Donald Parham, an interesting uh, stash still because a lot of people feel like he's dead. He was super alive then super dead. And do remember yeah. that the guy blocking yep. his opportunity is like a 38-year-old Jared Cook who wasn't moving all that well at the end of last year. So certainly not a lock to play 17 games as Jared Cook. So just take that for what it's worth. Donald Parham still rosterable and still stashable. Keep him stashed. Yeah, when it comes to tight ends, you know, we all know that the the meaty middle, uh, you know, tight ends five through ten, five through whatever, like the the worst bets are always just after the elite where we think guys are elite, but they're not. You know, last year, of course, it was TJ Hawkinson who's going in a lot of cases like tight end 13, 14, 15, 16. Um, just a complete market incorrection that needed to happen. And of course, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, moved up. Now, I love TJ Hawkinson again this year, but now he's going at tight end six, five, six, seven, somewhere there, usually about five or six. Um, not really where I prefer to draft my tight ends, uh, that dead zone of tight ends. So I'll, I'll ask it. Um, who are the, the tight ends later on that you guys think might have that top five upside that you're targeting later in drafts and rookie uh, in, in redraft and best ball, whoever wants to go first, go ahead. Yeah. So I'll go. Um, there's two guys that come to mind. Uh, the first one is Logan Thomas. Um, I, I don't know if he's right there. What tight end 10. Yes. Um, and I think he has that top five type of upside. Um, you got McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and, and they added Diami Brown, but um, you know, Yolo ball, you know, Fitzpatrick is going to be throwing a lot. Um, you know, Logan Thomas did well yet yeah, last year and he's still being disrespected to an extent. So I like Logan Thomas. And if you want to go a little bit cheaper, um, you know, Adam Troutman, right? Um, oh. dude, he's sneaky, right? I mean, I know taking them all. Um, I mean, regardless, he's under center, right? Even if it's Taysom Hill, it might be better for Troutman, right? Those checkdowns and those easy passes to the tight end. Um, you know, outside of Michael Thomas. Yeah, we talked about Traquan Smith as being the WR2 there, but Troutman could actually see, what, like 80 targets um, mm-hmm. for a tight end? And, you know, that gives him a really good opportunity to, um, I mean, definitely outproduce his ADP. I mean, he's like, what, like tight end, like 15 or even lower. Um, so he could definitely jump up into that top five, seven mix um, easily. So those are my two kind of guys that I want to throw out there. BZ, before you go, First mm-hmm. of all, you know, it's funny because as he said, Troutman, you said, fucker, as if he stole your pick. First thing I want to say is like, if you, if us three are agreeing, we didn't talk about this pre-show. It wasn't even on the show sheet. We just kind of, you know, riff this one, which is great. If he's stealing your pick, cause I'll tell you, I love Troutman at that spot too. Yep. That just means we're right. Or at least great. we're on the same page and we're yeah. seeing it the same way. One other thing before I want to hear Beezy's chalk, you fucking hit me square down the middle. You probably already know this because in a lot of the group chats, I've been talking about Logan Thomas. Well, um, you know, Matt Kelly at Player Profile asked me to do a, and this I'm using this term very loosely, but celebrity appearance 
for um for his draft kit so that you know we pick a player you do a little thing well lo and behold the player i picked easy logan thomas so logan thomas i'll give you a little bit of what i did on the logan thomas fronts first of all logan thomas was third in the nfl in uh tight end targets at 110 so if you're ever just chasing um tight end production you might as well just chase targets because that's at least somewhat going to give you some production um he was third in the nfl in targets he was also he played this this i did not know he played 98 percent of offensive snaps for the washington football team 98 percent that was first in the nfl for tight end position okay so are you surprised to hear that i know i was surprised to see that he is trusted by the uh by the coaching staff which remains intact this coaching staff is a carryover from last year. Now, granted, Logan Thomas was a one-year wonder, you could say, but he really wasn't because he was a quarterback coming out of college. It obviously flamed out. He was a bad quarterback, but a great athlete. He trans- transitions to tight end. He plays his first tight- meaningful tight end moments at 26 years old in the NFL. He bounces around from team to team, finally lands in 2020 in that Washington football team uh lineup and never leaves. He's that good. He's 6'6", 250 pounds, upper percentile burst, upper percentile agility, one of the highest catch radius uh, measured in the player profile database. Why? Because he's 6'6", long arms, and moves like a gazelle. He had 110 targets. He had six touchdowns. I think I mentioned this earlier in the in the show. That whole team had 16. He had a almost a 40% touchdown share in that offense. He had only six yards per target, but the team only had 5.7 yards per attempt. I mean, that Washington football team was so bad. 5.7 yards per attempt and a 2% touchdown rate for 16 touchdowns. They were awful. Fast forward 2021, insert Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick not 5.7 yards per attempt, but since 2018, 18, 19, and 20, his yards per attempt, 7.9. So they go from a, a player uh, that gave him the net equivalent of 5.7 yards per target to a 7.9. Hey, maybe he'll fall around 7.5 yards per target, but he certainly won't be 5.7 with YOLO ball, as you put it. Um, I would think that Logan Thomas, with that shitty depth chart behind him, will see at least that 90 to 95% uh, snap share in that offense, he should see upwards of 100 to 110 targets. If not, maybe going up into this Darren Waller spot where he sees 120, 135 targets. If he can see eight yards per target and a touchdown rate that that holds true, he could have a huge, huge season. So yes, Logan Thomas is a great answer. And not to steal your thunder, BZ, but that's just my boy. Give me Logan Thomas in every fucking draft, just like I wanted Darren Waller and TJ Hawkinson last year. Hopefully I'm right. What do you got, Beasy? I love the the Logan Thomas call. Um, I don't know if you guys remember last year, there was a, there was somebody that had mentioned Logan Thomas in like April. I don't know who it was. Maybe this guy Beasy had yo. said something about, you know, you know, bringing him up saying, hey, watch this guy. Watch this guy. Yo, yo. Get, get him. I got him everywhere. I love him. It, fantastic. Uh, if it. I had to, if I had to make a choice of a, a, a tight end that I could see stepping up this year, um, 
Irv Smith Jr. Um, yeah. I know not a, like I said, he, he's one of those players that uh, some people love. Other people are just kind of like, eh. Um, I love this kid. He was um, right there with Fant with me coming out when he came out. Um, you know, he is going to get a big opportunity this year. Kyle Rudolph is gone. That was kind of the thorn in his side in terms of his snap percentage. Um, you know, I think he is going to uh, really have an opportunity to establish himself as uh, you know, that wide, you know, maybe, you know, Thielen's still there and Jefferson is obviously the, the the alpha, but they do need another guy to step up and Irv, especially in the red zone and even on deep targets, uh, Irv can be that guy. Um, he was seventh among seventh among tight ends in deep passes of 20 plus yards last year. Um, so he can get downfield. He's shown that exact same kind of game he showed in college. Um, big fan of this kid. Uh, I, I think he's going to take a, another step. This is the third year. Uh, get him where you can. And he's still, he's like the Juju Smith-Schuster of tight ends because he's so young. I think he's like 22 years old going into his third yes. year, man. I was just about he's, to say, he's in, he's played two years in the NFL. He is not yet 23 years old. Yeah. He was top 10 in the NFL amongst tight ends in yards per target and yards per reception. He's an efficient player, and he should see volume increases and in that offense where you've got a great offensive line, uh, obviously a, one of the top three or four running backs in the NFL and a passing game that features Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, there should be a lot of room for Irv Smith. Irv Smith, there you go. This, this, this is why we do this. Fade tight ends, draft Logan Thomas, draft Irv Smith, and draft yeah. Adam Troutman. Th- th- this is exactly right. I love it. Yep. Any, anyone else you want to mention? Uh, you know, I'll throw out uh, Anthony Ferkshner. Uh, you know, this kid, this is again, this is about opportunity. Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's going to walk into a tight end one role with really no one behind him. Very similar to how Logan Thomas did last year. And, um, you know, he's shown the ability to be productive when given an opportunity. Um, will he be able to, uh, take over that role and be dominant near whatever? I think he's been there a few years, but opportunity is everything. And he's so cheap. Um, you know, like he's just a guy that the, like I said, the opportunities that, uh, what kind of target share he'll get, um, Tannehill seemed to like him. So he, he's a nice little stash on your bench at the end of, you know, at the end of your draft and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. That, I love that one. You know, I love Troutman. I love Irv Smith. Obviously I, I, I love Logan Thomas. The other, the other guy, Ferkser is nice too. The other guy I like a lot. Uh, at this particular point is a guy I loved last year. And now the only question is health is Blake Jarwin. That yeah. offense is just such a great offense. And Jarwin uh, really showed out in 2019 toward the end of the year. You were like, Oh, this kid's really good, you know? And, and then, and then he goes out and, and pops his knee early in 2020. Uh, hopefully he's sort of all the way back, so to speak. Uh, but he's an athletic player, uh, good body, uh, and in that offense where you've got Gallup and CD and Amari and Zeke and all sorts of nobody's paying attention to his ass, you know, so he's already wide open. Like whatever play call they just play called, he's open already because everybody's not looking his way. So he's got a, he's he's going to have a lot of space to run in the middle. Uh, I like Blake Jarwin. Mm-hmm. I love that call, too. Um, I wanted to talk about Analyst Depot, too. Um Ooh. You know, I know that, you know, you, you guys probably maybe haven't done your projections yet. So I'm going to put the pressure on both BZ and Chalk to get in that shit and start doing your projections. 
but I'm also going to get on all y'all listening. Go to Analyst Depot. I'm telling you, it's actually pretty dope. Like I said, your feedback is welcome. It's 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 a new site. Um, we just developed it. Dave Marchand, professor, uh, give him all the credit. I take zero, but uh, you know he's part of the team. And so uh, Analyst Depot, it's, it's awesome. You can start from the top level where you decide how many pass attempts for team, how many rush attempts for the team, et cetera, et cetera. And it makes it real easy to kind of trickle down the, the, the target share, the rush share, yards per carry, et cetera, et cetera. So that it sort of starts to create the uh, projections for you or with you because you're, you're sort of using a top-down approach, which is the correct way to do it. So got to give Dave a lot of credit. It's a fantastic tool. And, um, you know, you, you'll do the projections, then you'll look at your results and you'll you'll learn something both by how you do it. You know, me and Peter Howard were talking last week and, you know, it was like when you're asking yourself, like, who's going to get more targets, uh, Josh Reynolds or Des Fitzpatrick or some shit. And you're like, oh, shit, how many 10 percent, 8 percent, 6 percent? Like how many fucking targets is Josh Reynolds going to get? Well, just asking yourself the question and trying to figure out how many they're going to get uh, is educational in and of itself. It's pretty awesome. So yeah. go to Analyst Depot. Um, you know, I've always wanted to do projections and just never had the tool to do it. Uh, so I would always look at other people's. Now I'm able to produce my own, and I and I love it. So go do it if you're a real player. Um, say thank you to BZ. Say thank you to Chalk. Matter of fact, BZ, tell everybody where you're at so they can they can find you and and laugh their asses off because you're the fucking OG. <laughs> I'm at the BZB. Yeah, that's where you can find me. You can also find me on the Giphy uh, gift bar. You know, at the Undroppables. <laughs> Just look for that sexy smile, and you'll find it. Don't you worry. That's right. and uh, yeah, that's where that's where I'm at, baby. You know where to find me. Come get it. Love you, brother. Love you love so you much. Too, you're the best. Love I you fucking too, love you. Chalk, tell him what's up. Yo, yo, this is Chalk. You can find me at 101 Chalk. Uh, on Twitter, uh, hit me up and whenever you want to talk, Miles Sanders, hate on my, um, David Montgomery. Uh, you just want you want to talk about <laughs> you want to talk about um, what we're doing over here at the Undroppables, or you want to talk about your dynasty teams or trades. You know, I'm always here, always love talking, talking, uh, hang out and and build with y'all. So hit me up and uh, you know, Jax, thanks for having me back on, man. No problem, uh, you're the this, best. This- and, and by the way, y'all listening. Like if you're ever like looking for someone to like a chalk is the build, bridge builder. I've had too many drinks bridge builder in this community. He's just a great dude. And, and uh, so, yeah, if you're looking to just break your way into the fantasy industry, um, chalk's the guy to reach out to, like I'll ignore your message or DM, not because I don't like you, but because I'm lazy or something. Chalk will actually engage and give mm-hmm. you some sound advice and, who knows, maybe bring you on the team, you know, but like, he's the guy, man, you, you want to talk to someone about, you know, what it's all about building a brand and being the, being there at the right place, right time. Chuck's the guy to reach out to. He's, he's the man and, and we love him. He's a, he's a, he's my homeboy. And thank you for coming on brother. No, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. And you know, yeah. uh, you know, I love you guys, man. BZ, my brother, J- Jack's yeah. my brother. Yeah, oh, this is this is fun, yeah. man. This was an all oh, yeah. love podcast it brought was. to you by the Undroppables. And on behalf of BZ, on behalf of 101 Chalk, my man Chalk, on behalf of everybody at the Undroppables, at Undrafted, and our producer, Michael Duncan, the man, the myth, the legend. We out. We out.